You're listening to 66.6 FM Radio TOVH The Flush Well hey there everybody, it's me Joe Thrashenkill You're listening to another thrilling episode of The Toil of the Hell Radio Show Joined today by the good and golden boy, the internet sweetheart You know him, you love him, he's 365 days of horror Is what I like to call him, Jordan Jordan, how are you? I am good. We're a few scant weeks away from autumn, fall, whatever you want to call it. So I am eagerly awaiting cool weather, sports, pumpkiny stuff. Yeah, that all sounds pretty good to me. Um, football mercifully starts next week, which is all well and good, but uh, it's projected to still be like 105 uh, by the time kickoff happens. So uh, <clears throat> I think I'm just going to die, man. Might as well die. Yeah, I don't think there's anything left for me here. So, had a pretty good run, I guess. Uh, at least I got to do a podcast. <laughs> if only the billion-dollar stadium had a retractable roof or something. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to uh, various fall sundry things. That sounds like a good time. Just got to get through this last little fucking bit of the dregs of summer. God, I hate this. It's the worst. If Unless you're like a child and you don't have to go to school summer is truly the fucking worst right that's a hard lesson to learn once you get past like college age is that you miss every summer because you're just working the whole time nothing good to be had might as well end it um lots of lots of things going on uh this week for us to talk about uh you know i feel like uh, the last several weeks, we were either talking about a very specific topic in terms of like covers, where we did theme shows, or the week prior, where we uh, just talked about uh, a bunch of horrible transphobic people. I feel like we need something a little bit more lighthearted. Is that okay with you? Yeah, just light little news bits. I think we could all use a break from the whatever of last week. Yeah, no good. Uh, everybody hated that. The, they all DM me separately and say, Joe, I hated that episode. And it's like, well, I'm sorry, man, but we got to fill the time somehow. Um, <clears throat> where do you want to start here? Because I, I got a few things in front of me. They're all they're all fairly juicy little nugs. Is there anything that's speaking to you more than another? One thing, it's a band I don't think we've ever, ever talked about on the show because we don't really talk about power metal all no. that much. No. Uh, nothing against the genre. It's just... Nothing seems to really happen that's newsworthy or, you know, it's power metal. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, in this case, the band Primal Fear, who mm-hmm. have been around since the late 90s, um, they're considered power metal. I've always felt they're on like more of the heavy metal side of power metal. Like In the past 20 years, I feel like power metal has gotten like more theatric and more gimmicky, or at least the more well-known bands have done that, so... When I say power metal, I kind of like want to put an asterisk next to their name. I mean, yeah, it's like there old is, power metal. Yeah, there is a certain amount of like leaning into it that's happened over the decades. Yeah, and um, with Primal Fears, uh, the vocalist used to be in Gamma Ray. So again, older power metal that was like more heavy metal influence. But regardless, they put out, uh, I think the album is out now called Code Red, but like the final single that they released a lyric video for this week is called <gasps> Cancel Culture. Really? Really. Like, out of all the things uh, that we've heard about this woke mind virus or whatever the fuck, um, I don't think that I need to hear it from an old power metal band, man. We've already heard you, it from everybody else. You don't need to hear it from anyone. Yeah. And we don't need to, we don't need to hear it with soaring riffs and clean vocals. Yeah, like uh, stick to your lane, man. Talk about dragons or pirates or whatever the fuck it is that you people get off on. I, I don't I don't have to I don't have to sit here and take this. There's enough bands that have done this already, and every one of their songs sucks. Decapitated did something like that. Behemoth did something like that. Falling in fucking reverse did something like that. I mean, that's that's falling in reverse's entire shtick now. They don't have anything else. It's just this and various other grievances, mostly against women. <laughs> right. This is their bread and butter. It's yeah. like telling posers to leave the hall, but for people with a rap sheet that aren't allowed within certain hundred yards of places. <laughs> but for whatever reason, Power Metal is getting in on this sort of thing. And it's... As far as the music goes, it is an old man power metal song. Mm-hmm. It is fine. It is whatever. 
But that's not the problem. The problem is, of course, the lyrical content. And beyond the lyrical stuff that we'll get into, what really caught my attention is we got a PR email about this, and it was the quotes from both the bassist slash producer and the vocalist that made me want to talk about this. So here is the little chunk of the email that I want to read. Primal Fear present Cancel Culture, a track about a special topic that has been heavily discussed in recent years. Killer intro there. Love that. It's like a very special episode of Blossom. Yeah. <laughs> Today we're talking about teen drug use. Producer slash bassist Matt Sinner says, There are countries where you just disappear if you speak your mind. These are intolerable conditions. But I'm not backing down. I've always been a rebel. <laughs> okay. I don't want to conform, and I don't have to pe- play in certain countries either. It's that simple. I would love to ask Matt Sinner what countries these are specifically, because the number one that I, the thing that I can think of is like Saudi Arabia, which is a like a U.S. client state. <laughs> uh, Primal Fear is a German band. Uh huh. Uh huh. And I don't know if they are. I wish he was a little bit more specific because we can only assume that he just means like all Middle Eastern countries to him. Yeah, I mean that's that's assu- I, I assume that's what he's getting at here. Possibly China. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, <clears throat> I don't know, man. But, but like, but like what does I'll, that have to do? What does that have to do with cancel culture? It, it doesn't. But also, like, I've always been a rebel, man. It's like you're in a fucking power metal band. <laughs> like, come on, let's get let's get serious for a minute about what you are and what you do. <laughs> All these people fashion themselves as rebels, and they're just white guys. We haven't checked in on Joe Lynn Turner in a while, but I think he's my favorite of, like, I've always been a rebel type guys. I assume he's on the front line in Crimea right now. I hope so. (laughs) Save the dawn was Joe Lynn. (laughs) They just hand him a rifle from the 1920s, and they don't give him bullets and just throw him out over the trenches. But this email continues. Now we have a quote from the frontman Ralph Sheepers. Hmm. That's his name. All right. The way the culture of having discussions with each other has gone down the drain. Let's let's take that in pieces, please. Mm -hmm. The way the culture of having discussions with each other. The way the culture of having discussions with each other. The way the culture of having discussions with each other. Now, this was put to you as a press release written out in an email, right? Yes. You didn't want to try a second attempt at that? <laughs> the way the culture of having discussions. It's, that's what the problem is. It's the culture of having discussions. The culture of having discussions. We're always saying this. The culture of having discussions. The way the culture of having discussions with each other has gone down the drain, has become unbearable. Mm. We're always saying that, man. People tend to have no more respect for each other, and that's a dangerous development and perspective. Dangerous development and perspective. Hate that. It's the same sad development with all these, quote, keyboard warriors. Good, very good, relevant, yes. Out there who hide behind a made-up username to release their hate, Jealousy or frustration. I hate that. I hate when people use a dumb fake name that makes them sound cool to talk shit on bands. I will never take this as a, quote, welcome to the internet invitation. It's simply a, all caps, no go. What the fuck are you? Did he just get like an AOL account? What's going on here? I don't know. This is very out of left field, I guess. To, uh, has anyone talked about Primal Fear in any sort of way in the past 15 years that wasn't I like them or I don't know them? I don't think so. Did, I, I, how did he find, uh, I guess, a very web 1.5 form of like trolling and, and get really upset about it and then 2023 release a song about it? Very baffling. It makes me think that something has happened that we have not heard about yet. Yeah. Like getting out in front of it. That very like, well could the, be the, the case. The Sheepers do, doth protest too much. 
I just want to say something. here, more like uh, Ralph Sheeples, if you ask mm. me. Got him. Uh, yeah, it's this is writing cancel culture songs is on the exact same level as writing songs about how people on Blabbermouth are mean to you. Yeah, it, it lets it lets me know that one guy actually got to you and made you kind of tear up a little bit. <laughs> Um, I, I, it's, it's one of the most embarrassing things a band can do if you ask me, uh, but people keep doing it. And as long as they keep doing it, I'm going to keep doing it. We're going to keep talking about it. We're going to keep making fun of them for it. Monomarth made a music video about it. Oh yeah. Fuck. I forgot about that, dude. Oh, really shameful stuff. It's, it's right up there with Sonic Syndicate writing a song about how the fans specifically at the Worcester Palladium were mean to them. Yeah. Breno. <laughs> It's like, look how not mad I am. Check out our new song specifically about this one thing. Didn't so five, it, didn't Five Finger Death Punch specifically have a lyric about Blabbermouth as well? I think maybe it was in Sham. Oh, Champagne. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, yeah, I don't know why this song exists. I don't know why they felt the need to write it, put it on their album, make a lyric video about it. I mean, clearly they're proud about it and think they have something to say, but. Blah. I mean, and of course, of course, the comments are like, yes, thank you for speaking up about this. Very important. I'm glad that somebody is finally speaking out. Uh, I got to say, like, there is a z- about zero percent chance we would have ever talked about primal fear on this show if they had not done this specific thing. So uh, in, in a way, we have fallen into their trap. <laughs> yeah, I hope this leads to dozens of sales for you. Yeah. So here are the lyrics to the song. Oh, boy. And it starts off strong because they mention circuses. Ah, I love it. Just the Venn diagram of ladies and gentlemen followed with I'm mad at culture. Pretty. I think that's probably two of my favorite things uh, combined. So, uh, wow, I'm really I'm, I'm vibing right now. This is my shit. Into the circus of life. Into the circus of life. (laughs) It's the wheel of cancel culture. (laughs) Into the circus of life, we were pushed out of nowhere. Hmm. Growing, maturing, and loving and hating the game. Uh Aha. I assume they mean Triple H. Settle the horse for a future that's basically unknown. We procreate, vitiate, twisting the facts without shame, manipulating. I um, <clears throat> I don't want to get on an artist like who's clearly had a lot of success over the years about his craft, mm. but um, boy, there's a a lot of things going on here, and none of them connect in any way. No. There's a, okay, so there's a circus of life, right? Mm-hmm. We're pushed out of nowhere. Uh, but we grow, we mature, we love and hate the game. I don't know where the game comes into play because this is a circus. Uh, we're saddling ring, a... Ring toss, maybe? Maybe. Or uh, shooting water into the clown mouth to make the balloon blow up. We're saddling a horse. And like generally, if I'm imagining horses in like a circus... They're like doing tricks or jumping through a hoop or something. They're not dressage. Yeah, they're not being saddled per se. Yeah, we're we're mixing metaphors. But while we're in the circus, we're also fucking and procreating mm-hmm. and twisting mm-hmm. facts without mm-hmm. shame. So <clears throat> maybe this all comes like full circle later where it makes sense. But right now, I gotta say we are off to a pretty uh, esoteric start. We saddle the horse, and then we jerk the horses off and get nothing. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> There's only black and white. Nothing in between's accepted. Everyone is right, not a chance for tolerance. Good rhyme, I would say. Pretty, pretty strong structure there, at least. Not exactly A-B-A-B-A-B. No. It's the curse of a cancel culture. The curse of the cancel culture. We've been warned for centuries. It's the curse of the cancel culture. <laughs> it's the curse of a cancel culture. It's the fall of democracy. Uh-huh. When the witch hunt has begun, 
and we gather around the funeral pyre. What the fuck, man? There are too many things going on. Stick to a metaphor and land it, dumb motherfucker. So we're in a circus. Mm-hmm. We're saddling horses. Yes. Everyone's sucking and fucking. Yes. But they're not tolerant about it. No, they hate that others are sucking and fucking. Democracy is falling while we're hunting for witches and also we're burning bodies. The democracy of the circus is no more. It's the curse of a cancel culture. No way for adequate defense. On the streets, it's dog eats dog, crucified and banned, the cancel culture. Jesus. Bullying, mocking, and hating, and whataboutism. If you, as a lyricist, ever write the word whataboutism into a song, you have failed. You have to go get a real job. <laughs> Unless you're writing a song about whataburger, don't try to fit whataboutism into it. <laughs> Using our consoles and keyboards like weapons in war, it seems like the web has become a place to release anger, for people who don't have a life need to upfront wishful sensation. That wishful sensation that only comes from a Winston cigarette. Man, and this is someone like soulfully singing this and hitting high notes. At least with some of these other songs, it's someone hurgling and gurgling yeah. so you don't have to like really hear what the words are. It, so seem, get- it seems like the web has become a place to release anger. I mean, <clears throat> this is, a, again, a very relevant lyric to write in the, the year 2023. I, I don't think this could ever have fit the web in any other year prior. No one has ever been a dick on the internet. Never happened. So we get the chorus again, and it comes back in. The cancel culture, talking about you, writing about you, around the clock. Jealousy is turning to hatred, and hatred is turning to... I assume this is supposed to be frustration, but I did actually watch the lyric video. It, it, the line is is turning to hatred, and hatred is turning to frust. 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 The hatred turns to frust. Just read that in a Yoda voice. <laughs> the hatred is turning to frost. Uh, I... I... I don't know, man. Again, what could possibly have brought this up? Because I, I don't think... He is, his concept of what cancel culture is, I think is very different from what he's actually like singing here. Because right now he's talking about haters. Like that's different from like the the right wing grievance of cancel culture. I think he's just mad that there are haters. Yeah, that's what it seemed to be. And then if you combine it with what the other member of the band said, Matt Center, that what he was talking about was something else. Talking about like other countries are oppressing free speech. So it feels like they're they're not only mixing their metaphors, but mixing the purpose of this song. Yeah, I don't think you guys know what the fuck you're talking about. I'm sorry. Um, somebody, a younger relative maybe, should sit down with these guys and explain maybe some of these basic tenets before they try writing more songs about them. They, I, they must have just heard the phrase cancel culture. Like they heard woke, but they can't define it. Like same thing. I mean, is it possible these guys live in like some section of East Germany that's still like 20 years behind on everything? They're behind the wall, the one little <laughs> section in East Germany that still exists. <laughs> David Hasselhoff is still the number one artist over there. <laughs> they have to smuggle their recordings with a balloon over that little section of the wall so they're just going to be released. <laughs> if that's the case, I retract everything. These guys, these guys are the real heroes here. <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, we ought to have these guys on the show, honestly, and try to get them to explain what they think cancel culture is to us. Yeah, I, I don't want to get into an argument or a debate. I just be like, what do you think this is? Because I, I, it's it's not what you're talking about. I, it's, I, it's two things. I want them to explain their concepts to me, and then I would like them to take me through the lyric writing process, because <laughs> I am desperate to know what that is like. And, you know, as far as like Amana Marth goes with uh, talking about people being mean to them on the Internet, their song was at least I will take an axe and chop you up. Right. This there is no catharsis to be had with it. It's just like this sucks. People are bullying me online. <laughs> my hands are on my hips and I am looking on with a slightly protective. 
perturbed expression on my face. That's not where you want to be. Like you, you can ride high on the wings of a dragon and like slice your enemy's throats. And instead you're just like online. People are kind of shitty. <laughs> yeah. It's just have fun with it. This just seems like you were in a mood one day and it somehow made its way onto the album and you're really proud of it. So you made it a lyric video too. Yeah. Long you're just, off, you're Grandpa. so full of, you're so full of frost that you have to write about it. Frost company over here. Um, yeah, man. Uh, this is probably, I, I'd say, barring something like horrific happening the last time we'll ever talk about Primal Fear on the show. <laughs> well, there's a chance they'll hear about us talking about it and they'll put out a song on their next album. I hope so. Hope against soap here. Um, you say you are a toilet. <laughs> But you're actually a website. <laughs> you want to flush, but we will frost. Uh, I think that's great. I think that's really good stuff. Well, what do, what do you say that we leave um, Primal Fear here to, you know, kind of catch up on the decades of culture that they've missed out on and we move on a little for, move on forward a little bit? Sure, you can pick the next story that you'd like to talk about sure uh this one's near and dear to my heart uh danzig you know danzig right yeah you love his live show right love his live shows i've had nothing but great experiences every time i've given him money um he uh, is on tour right now have you heard about that with behemoth right with behemoth uh as well as midnight and twin temple hmm uh, overall, uh, probably not something that I would have gone to see, but, uh, he, he did a, uh, string of Texas dates, uh, including, uh, here in the DFW, uh, San Antonio, and he was supposed to play, uh, the White Oak Music Hall in Houston, but in classic Danzig fashion, it just didn't happen. Uh, did you hear about this? Did you see this? Yeah, he heard that uh, isn't the state of Texas taking over Houston schools and turning them into prisons, so he canceled in solidarity. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Also, like <clears throat> the state of Texas has turned public schools into prisons starting like 40 years ago. We're a little behind on that. <laughs> um, yeah, he was supposed to play Houston, and he canceled last minute because of, uh, here I'll quote him here, due to the ongoing heat wave. And out of concern for our crew and fans, we are forced to cancel our outdoor show in Houston this Sunday, September 3rd. Hope to make it back as soon as possible. Refunds will be issued at point of purchase. Um, There is an ongoing heat wave in Texas. That is true. But at this point in the summer, we're about on par with what we are, I'd say, every single early September. Uh, we're, we're, we're past the days where every day, every day is like 115 now. So I think maybe he was just having a day where he didn't want to do anything. Uh, sort of like when I saw him at a festival and he didn't go out uh, until the last 15 minutes of the festival because he needed a chicken sandwich. Maybe he needed a Frosty this time. That could have been the case. Uh, his throat was hurting. Uh, he, his tummy was upset. You know, typical hot girl problems that Danzig was suffering. I mean, shouldn't you, when you're planning your tours, try to, I mean, I think bands now are going to start to do it, be aware of where you're playing and when you're playing in case there's uh, weather-related problems, such as playing in the south of the United States in summer. Yeah. Or or like what Ghost has had to deal with playing in like Florida during hurricane season and up the East Coast. Yeah, man, like that those are fucking own goals. Like look at the goddamn farmers almanac. <laughs> you know, don't play Wisconsin in January. Maybe right. it's you're going to have weather problems. Yeah, uh, if you want to play like hot southern states, Maybe a fall tour is the time to do it. Maybe a spring tour. Maybe not in the dead of fucking summer. I, I, I don't get it. I don't know why they made this date to begin with. Like, Danzig has toured the South when it's hot before. Like, he doesn't... The only excuse I can think of here is just that he didn't want to do it. Like, n- there is no way he was concerned about the fans, for one thing, because <laughs> I've been through enough, suffered through enough Danzig performances where he clearly doesn't give a shit about the fans. You people are scum to him. It's true. 
you know what? I kind of respect it, but at the same time, don't fucking piss on my shoe and tell me it's raining, Danzig. And to not even reschedule it. Just like, nope, that's it. Not going to come back here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And I would say, like, out of all of the places he could play, Houston's probably the number one Danzig city, like, to be honest with you. That's 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 a metal town. People love Danzig there. What are you doing? What are you, you're you're leaving money on the table? How is your how is your uh, girlfriend gonna get her fillers now? This is not this is not an acceptable way to do business, Danzig. Come on, do better. And was this this was an outdoor venue? Yes. Why not just have indoor venues? Does Danzig really need to be outside? No, he doesn't have that many. The crowd can't possibly be that big to necessitate outdoor shows no and so, you know there are you, i don't know if you know this there are a, there's a couple of venues in, in houston <laughs> like the third biggest city in the nation there's a couple of venues you could play at you know so really this is scheduling and planning faults on top of danzig being a diva yes correct he's like 70 now but nothing has changed <laughs> um i was looking through the um the rest of the shows, though, and this one stood, stood out to me. He's going to be playing uh, Newport, uh, Kentucky. Uh, again, I don't think you're going to have nearly as many Danzig fans in Newport, Kentucky as you would in Houston, but that's neither here nor there. He's uh, playing at Megacorp Pavilion. That sounds like something that would be in a Judge Dredd comic. Yeah, that's not real. That can't be real, right? What the hell is Megacorp? It sounds extremely evil. Um, yeah, aside from that, he's also playing at two different Masonic temples, which that's a better fit for this, if you ask me. <laughs> that sounds uh, like it could, with Twin Temple and Behemoth, you could do some sort of invocation deal with it. Yeah, that's, that, that's a pretty good fit. You know, we're longstanding uh, Behemoth haters on this show, but at least that's like an apt thing to do. When they're not getting fake kicked out of YMCA. Oh, God, I fucking hate Neural so much. I don't know, man. Um, when do you think Danzig's just going to call it a day? Because it's clear to me that he's hated doing this for a very long time now. Probably never. Never? I, it's, I can't really think of any other like elder statesman that just clearly hates their job as much as this guy. Can you? I don't think so. I mean, he's very outwardly hates, seems to be most people. Yeah. And that's okay. I understand that, especially as you get on in years. But he always seems compelled to tour pretty frequently. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, I guess he's just one of those guaranteed headliners for like festivals and people will come out to see him warble through Mother. But I don't know. It's what else are you going to do? Make crappy movies? Yes, he's going to do that too. But what else are you going to do if you're Danzig? I don't know, man. Um, I still haven't seen Riders of the Pale Vampire, whatever the shit. I don't think, you know, aside from a couple of like festival audiences, anybody else has either. Maybe this is the one that really changes the tide. This is his like House of a Thousand Corpses. We have our October Spooktacular coming up in a few weeks. There's time for him to release it. We can only hope. Please. Uh, Danzig, uh, my wife is still mad at me uh, for the time that we watch... uh, Veronica together. Uh, I think that you can make it even worse by releasing this movie. It will surely fracture our marriage. <laughs> I have a feeling it would be better than Veronica. Uh, I was uh, rolling through Tubi last night. I put on uh, Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead. You ever heard of that one? Yeah, I've never seen it. Yeah, I mean, the t- I always thought the title was great. Uh, I assumed it was a comedy for some reason. It was not. Uh, but it is... Um, Maybe the most ham-handed Pulp Fiction ripoff I think I've ever seen. Uh, 95, like, Miramax picture, so that makes sense. But I think I'm going to put it up there as among maybe the top five worst movies I've ever seen, man. Wow. I, I highly, you know, if you if you guys are gluttons for punishment out there, you know, go over to uh, our streaming platform of choice and watch uh, Things to Do in Denver when you're dead, and please let me know what you think afterwards. This is important to me. <laughs> that- that came out like mid to late 90s, around the same time there was the genre, I guess, of intersecting stories yeah. in movies. And a lot of them were comedies or at least funny, like, what is it, Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag. Oh, that bag. one's great. Yeah, I love that one. Yeah, there's just a couple of different movies like that and that kind of went away. Um, And it's like, 
I guess we kind of have fond memories of like the the things that really uh, stick out from that era. But this one, God Almighty, um, Jordan, if you if you want to punish yourself one afternoon, you got it. You got to watch this one. <laughs> I'll be sure to pencil that in. Yeah. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Let's uh, let's talk about some uh, some real metal news that matters to our audience of hardcore metalheads. How about that? We could do that. Uh, big news here: uh, Metallica uh, have surpassed one billion streams of their track "Nothing Else Matters." That's nice. <clears throat> so, so what is that like? Twenty bucks for them? Uh, honestly, they, pro- it, they probably have a good deal. I take that back. Yeah, they, they're probably doing okay. Um, so <clears throat> nothing else matters. Pro or con? You, what What do you say? It's fine. I okay. um, I don't like the song. Um, and I kind of get um chills every time I see a guy with an acoustic guitar <laughs> start to pluck out the first three notes of that. I'm just like fuck. <laughs> I'm in for punishment here. <laughs> is Metallica's Nothing Else Matters the metal version of Wonderwall? I think, yeah, absolutely it is. And I would go further to say that Nothing Else Matters is like the fountainhead from which <laughs> like all all of the like Yarly voice uh, man poems mm. of the early 2000s sprung forth. So uh, Metallica walks, so Creed could Yarl. Yeah, I, I don't think you have a with arms wide open if you don't have and nothing else matters. Mm, I can see that, the, that connection, because, you know, I just heard the news today. Um, this is, uh, you know, the Black Album, big hit for those fellas. I don't know if you ever heard about that. It did pretty well for them. Uh, still, uh, like 40 years afterwards, like people have uh, divided, uh, responses to that one. There's a couple of songs worth a damn on there. I would say that that one is not for me at all, but it, it inspired me like <clears throat> a billion streams is a lot. Is it not? It feels like it is, but it kind of feels like it isn't because when you're streaming stuff, what is it? Three to five minutes of a song while you're working, you're not really paying attention. There's playlists. There's all sorts of stuff. So you could listen to a song multiple times in a day, let alone a week if you're a consistent streamer. And you'd figure with everyone having their phones now and people streaming at work or garages or whatever that you would probably hit it sooner, especially for a worldwide well-known band like Metallica. I guess that does make sense. Um, and I don't think this is their first uh, billion stream song, right? No, they've had a few. Yeah, uh, I gotta look it up here. Like uh, the uh, okay, I was gonna say yeah. The number one is definitely what do you, what do you think it is? Enter Sandman. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, that one's got like a billion point two streams, which is a lot. Uh, and then following that is uh, nothing else matters uh, with a billion. So those are the those are the two big ones, I guess. And then there's a few millions that like. Within maybe a year or two, they'll probably hit a billion. Like, I don't know, Master of Puppets will probably be one. Um, the Memory Remains. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's a, there's a few out there where they're hovering. Give it some time. I guess, I wonder if they consider length when doing some of these lists, because... You know, some of these songs may be seven or eight minutes long and people listen to half of it, skip or listen to half of it and come back later. Like, does that kill, still count as a full listen? I assume it's got to be like a 51% kind of thing, right? Because like Bandcamp for listens, it'll be like if you listen to 10% or less, it's not a listen. Uh, if you listen to like 90% or less, it's a half listen. But if you you know what I mean? So maybe it's one of those things as well. That could be the case. Um, but we all know, like, Metallica went... I, they went diamond with the Black Album, right? And these albums still sell. Metallica still sells a lot of their classic albums to the point where, randomly, you'll hear, like, oh, it went six times platinum all yeah. of a sudden because people keep buying the same albums, I assume. So, I mean, Metallica is not hurting for money. They're doing okay. Uh, they don't have, they're not in the like, um, top 
400 of most streamed songs anywhere. So that like, oh, it made me curious. Like, what is what is actually popular in terms of streaming? Because I got thoughts in my head, like you know, um, all the things that were popular on the radio. Uh, you know, for the decades uh, where we were kids and then before that, those are probably pretty streamed pretty often, right? Yeah. I mean, I, there's songs that we know were just like, oh, yes, this was a massive radio hit. Everyone knows this song. Surely people must still listen to it on a consistent basis. But I don't think that's really how Spotify works as much anymore. I, I think I think you're right. Like it, it's off on some different shit here. I think I mean, because we talk about algorithms all the time. Certain songs are getting pushed more towards people. I can't tell you how many bands I do not like that just show up on my like Discover Weekly list or oh, release God, radar. And I the, have the Discover Weekly is trash. It's very bad. And you know, I'll tend to look through it. Hey, maybe I'll give this a shot. Or you'll get recommended albums. You listen to this, so maybe like this. It's always the same albums for me, which is really annoying and frustrating. So I wonder if that has a lot to do with it and also like the usage of playlists because for whatever reason, uh, beyond Spotify just recommending the same playlist that they make, if I'll look into any of these, it has sometimes tens of thousands of likes for just metal workout. Yeah. You know, Metalcore 2000. Oh my God. Spotify will not stop trying to give me the stupid metal workout playlist. (laughs) Me too. And it's just, it's not like deep cuts. Like, I'm sure Metallica is on there. I'm sure Enter Sandman is on there or something like that. So they're feeding people these songs over and over again. So that must have to boost it as well. And I'm sure beyond metal, beyond rock, pop music, uh, whatever you want to include in that probably does just crazy amount of numbers because people will just be like, oh, I, you know, I like Top 40. I will click on the Top 40 thing and just listen to that while I work or do whatever. And that probably goes throughout the world. I mean, we could probably start throwing in like J-pop and K-pop stuff in there too. We'll probably make it on this list at some point as well. Probably. Um, so I don't know. I was inspired. I went to Corb.net. You ever heard of Corb.net? I have not. I actually looked up Wikipedia uh, on Wikipedia. They have a list of Spotify streaming records as well. Uh, Quorb seems to offer all kinds of statistics uh, just in greater volume than what's offered on Wikipedia. So, Mm -hmm. of course, that that does it for me. Uh, So this is what I'm working with here, looking at the most streamed Spotify songs of all time. And I got to say, I feel like an alien. (laughs) Yeah, I feel my bones turning to dust right now. Because there are some on here that I'm like, yes, I know this song. There's someone here, yes, I've heard this song. And then there's who? What? When? So, Why? the number one most streamed song on Spotify of all time, according to Quorb, is uh, The Weeknd's Blinding Lights. And if that, I don't know for certain, but if that is the song that's like, I can't feel my face when I'm with you, then I know that song. And if it's not that song, I don't know that song. <laughs> is it the song that played while he was wandering around in that weird fun house during the Super Bowl halftime show? Uh, could have been uh, while like the drummer of Portishead is like I'm suing you we didn't clear that sample that you're using <laughs> <laughs> yeah that has we're closing in on 4 billion lessons that's so many uh, and I assume it's that song because uh, I don't uh, I'm sick of hearing that uh, I've never listened to it intentionally and yet it seems to be everywhere so that would make sense that it's uh, it has like the number one spot here and just like how Ron DeSantis is now putting finger guy uh, eating his pudding with his fingers that has become his w- most well-known fact the weekend now is like creepy gross sex guy on that terrible hbo show everyone hated yeah i think uh, prior to that he was like a cocaine sex guy and now it's creepy sex guy so you know real downgrade unfortunately um he was good in uh, uncut gems i'll give him that that's the only thing i've ever wanted to see him in though as a creepy guy as a creepy sex guy <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> playing to type huh. Uh, number two here is Ed Sheeran's Shape of You, which I feel like is an elaborate practical joke played on me. I blame this all on secretaries. 
Secretary Music for sure. Uh, next up, we got Louis Capaldi with Someone You Loved. And I, I don't know who the fuck Louis Capaldi is. That sounds like know. a guy that played a detective in a, a series from the 1970s. I was going to say a gangster from the 30s. <laughs> uh, this one is truly baffling to me. Tones and I with Dance Monkey has almost 3 million streams. What the fuck is Tones billion. and I? 3 billion streams. What the fuck is Tones and I and Dance Monkey? No idea. Yeah. Uh, we got Post Malone with Sunflower. I assume that's the one where he lazily auto-tune yodels and it sucks. Uh, Drake with One Dance. I don't know one Drake song from the other. I'm sorry. Uh, Post Malone with Rockstar. I'm sure it sounds exactly like Sunflower. Uh, the Kid Leroy with Stay. Do you know The Kid Leroy? I do not. How about Believer by Imagine Dragons? Uh. Oh! Offensive. Yeah, pretty bad. Followed up with number 10, Starboy by The Weeknd. How about that one? You know that one? I, I don't. I'm out of touch, and looking at this list, I'm happy to be out of touch. It's, um, I don't know, man. Like, there's a bunch of things that you see over and over again going from there. You see Harry Styles. You see the Chainsmokers. You see Ed Sheeran, Billie Eilish, uh, Dua Lipa, bafflingly popular, this Dua Lipa, uh, so on and so forth. Um, overall, the kinds of things that you would probably hear at a retail establishment and it passes through your brain, you don't think about it ever again. Uh, at least that's my experience with all of these. Yeah, it's background music that I never pay attention to, but uh, apparently most of the world loves this stuff. Yeah. We don't like get a... Guitar, like real guitar based or rock based band until like 84, which is Oasis Wonderwall. Ooh, that's rough. Actually, actually let's take that back. You, before that, you've got, uh, God damn it, where the fuck is this? Uh, 68, you have Coldplay doing Yellow. See, their version. see I don't count that as see, rock that, guitar based. In my mind, that's the same exact song as Wonderwall. <laughs> I'd, take, I'd take Wonderwall any day over Yellow. Uh, I don't care for either one. Um, uh, and then Nirvana at 86 with Smells Like Teen Spirit. Uh, but that, that's really... Uh, and 99 is Linkin Park in the end. That's really it for rock music, at least in the top 100. As we go further down, there's a couple of Metallica songs, like we mentioned, mostly in the millions. Um, Queen, Queen is like... Queen. It, it yeah. has a few spots like within the top 100. Yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody actually yeah. is... Which, uh, I mean, given, given the popularity of that, I would like for all of the fucking Reddit dorks to be like, oh my god, this is the most underrated band. Shut the fuck up! <laughs> <laughs> that is an all-time classic beloved song featured in countless places. It's I, not underrated. I, I hate to say it, but like, the Redditors, they have made me hate this band. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's, uh, in the million, some Foo Fighter songs, some Nirvana Two Black Sabbath songs, one Ozzy song, some Linkin Park, and that's really about it. Like one Kiss song, which is their disco song, so that doesn't count. Wait, really? Uh, I Was Made for Loving that, You. That's the highest Kiss song? Oh, that's I so funny. So. That is so at, fucking funny. At 750 with 801 million listens, I Was Made for Loving You. Great stuff. Hey, man, at 193, you've got Main Skin with Beggin'. <clears throat> Who? That's uh, oh oh that's that Italian band. Yeah, yeah, great. There's a couple of uh, Arctic Monkeys songs. I don't know if you've ever heard the Arctic Monkeys. Maybe uh, bordering unlistenable for me. Weren't they a thing in like the mid 2000s? Yeah, uh, I I think that it's entirely like the UK that keeps this going. Like everyone in the UK is legally required to continuously stream their songs because uh, I can't imagine anybody listening to it otherwise. So here's something offensive that yeah. I just discovered. Mm -hmm. At 2,330 with 460 million streams, Black Sabbath's Iron Maiden, uh -huh. uh, which is actually one spot up from Prince's Purple Rain. That's surprising. That is surprising. But up two spots from Black Sabbath. Are you ready for this? Mm -hmm. The red jumpsuit apparatus face down. Jesus Christ, man. Wow. And up one spot from them, Ghost with Mariana Cross. Christ. <laughs> and up a few spots from them, Drowning Pool with Bodies. 
<laughs> Drowning Ooh. Pool Bodies has more plays than Black Sabbath's Iron Man. That's kind of awesome, actually. <laughs> uh, okay, here's one that's a little baffling to me. When I think about like the decades of pop music... Like one that I think is probably one of my favorite songs ever written, like an incredibly successful, popular song sold millions and millions of units. Fleetwood Mac's Dreams, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, 220. Like that seems for, again, the, the caliber of Fleetwood Mac is beloved as they've been over the decades. Like that seems pretty low, right? Yeah, I mean... Like I said, there's all sorts of reasons why some of these songs have just had so many plays showing up in commercials and movies, being on multiple playlists, soundtracks, mixes, all sorts of stuff uh, can contribute to some of these things just getting played constantly. And despite songs being around for so long, like uh, right below Fleetwood Mac, you have ACDC, Back in Black, Google Dolls, Iris, and then you have stuff I've never, ever heard of. And it's just time and who it's for and all that. So try not to feel too old while looking at this stuff. It's it's just streaming. It doesn't really make any no. of these people all that much money and isn't necessarily an indication of popularity because Baby Shark is probably on here somewhere. Well, I I think that it is an indicator of popularity, just not necessarily success, if that sure. makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Baby Shark is on here with almost 600 million streams. That's fucking awesome, dude. Um, it is above Nirvana's heart-shaped box. That's, I love that. That's great. <laughs> um, I guess more than anything, it's just confusing uh, seeing all of these things together. Like, um, uh, Let It Go, uh, which, you know, is probably the most popular thing on YouTube, for example, is 1,050 here. I guess uh, you could also put into factoring, like, YouTube comes preloaded on, like, people's phones and is uh, you don't have to sign up for it as, like, you may with certain streaming services, commercials, whatever you want to talk about. So maybe that has something to do with it as well. YouTube is an app on people's televisions, like, comes preloaded. That's so true. Maybe that's why. Um, I would. I tell you what, if I were, say, a 40-year-old in a metalcore band, I would probably be looking at this list pretty closely, figuring out what steps to take next, you know? Well, isn't the whole thing to the TikTokification of music just having something that can be good in a 15 to 30 second clip that'll reach people and stick out to them so that they then go to Spotify to listen to the three minute and 30 second song? It seems like too many steps, if you ask me. Um, I don't know, man. I used uh, TikTok, I think, for about 15 minutes uh, like a year ago. It didn't do it for me. Have you ever tried it? No, I it is not for me. I am too old. I am too boring. Uh, nah, nah, never gonna happen. I just I don't want to. I don't want to be forced to watch a video. That's it. And uh, I feel like uh, this push to make people watch videos is actually making us dumber. Like yeah, and, and all the other social medias are trying to force it. Facebook, Instagram, it all sucks. I just like, want to read. Yeah, don't don't get me wrong. I'm not reading fucking. Tolstoy over on Twitter or whatever. I'm I'm reading some like moron complain about how the government is like making his wife leave him. Uh, so it's it's not that I'm smart or anything. It's just like uh, I think it's good that people read instead. <laughs> yeah, I don't need a video of someone sloshing through the mud in the desert. Just tell me that all the rich entrepreneurs have started eating each other at Burning Man. That's yeah. good enough. That's I can picture that in my head just just fine. This is what kids are missing. Their imagination is gone. <laughs> Um, but like, it's, it's such a alienating thing. Like working at the hospital, like people like patients, people in the break room, they they're watching fucking TikTok with like the sound on all the way, like mm. all throughout. I just, just don't care for it. Fucking hate it. Uh, but this is not the old man complaining uh, podcast yet. We still have like five or six years to get to that, right? Hey, we kind of do it now, but we do it in a fun and entertaining way, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, one day we will become Eddie Trunk, I think. Uh, but not today. That day is not today. Why isn't anyone talking about Queensryche anymore? <laughs> Good question. Uh, what else did you... Uh, what, 
What else did you see this week that you want to get on the show? Uh, well, I had seen it, and you had also sent it to me. Maggot Stomp Records had put out a new T-shirt that people like for some reason or do not like for some reason, and it's just it's right in line with Maggot Stomp in that it's not actually funny or creative. It's almost good. <laughs> almost good, but not quite. Not. Uh, yeah, Maggot Stomp uh, put this out over the over the weekend, I guess, uh, and I uh, I don't really understand why uh but they did get a lot of attention for it i mean in terms of like our insular circles anyway um they put out a t-shirt uh in which they collaborated with paps blue ribbon uh and uh they got uh you know their logo on the front uh in a pbr-esque logo over uh straight edge x and on the back, it says, it's okay to drink. Now, what do you make of that? Well, I Let, think... Let's get into the lore here. <laughs> as far as Maggot Stomp goes and the music they produce, it is on the lower rung of, I don't want to say intelligence, but it is big old dumb stuff for big old dumb people, and they kind of revel in that. Sure. That's their thing. They yeah. take pride in putting out knuckle-dragging music and knuckle-dragging merchandise, and this is their thing. They're very much in the same vein as Sanguisigagabog yeah. of, hey, we're all big, dumb, stupid idiots. Let's do big, stupid idiot things. And it gets that's what this shirt is. Um, it's not particularly clever or even nice to look at because on the back it's in, in big blue letters, it's okay and not is like partially erased out. Yeah. to drink and then why is the dr and drink in red like what is that a reference to am i looking into it too much i i guess like i gotta say overall uh it's pretty confusing like this is um like it's a rip on a classic straight edge like shirt design mm -hmm. that says it's okay not to drink but like again why why is the dr in in red i don't understand that either doctor it's okay. <laughs> it's okay to Dr. Ink. It's okay to Dr. Ink, of course. I assume DR probably means something to them and they think it's funny. I, I guess so. It doesn't, doesn't make any sense to me. That's a baffling design decision. Uh, so <clears throat> there, there, there was some response to this. I, I saw uh, a bunch of, uh, uh, and again, like Maggot Stomp is not a hardcore record label. It is a death metal record label, right? Yeah. Uh, and I saw a bunch of uh, hardcore people uh, get kind of kind of bummed out by this, um, that it was, uh, you know, basically taking uh, their thing, which is straight edge hardcore, and then making fun of it, which uh, I'm not straight edge. I've never been straight edge. You have always been straight edge. Uh, and I feel mm -hmm. like uh, making fun of people for being straight edge is... Uh, uh, I don't understand it. <laughs> it feels like I don't know what people's experiences are uh, when dealing with other straight edge people or whatnot, but it almost feels like making up a guy in your head to be mad at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's like uh, all the people online who get mad at vegetarians, mm -hmm. you know, like imagining that somebody is telling you. Uh, like you are not allowed to do this and like, well, fuck you. I'll show you and I'll eat a all meat diet and diet 32. <laughs> I will eat steaks covered in butter and get kidney failure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, I am sure, I am sure there have been jerky people that are straight edge that have given other people a hard time for smoking outside a venue or drinking. I do not doubt that it, that exists. Is that the majority of them? I don't know. I don't hang out with any other people that are straight edge, but I doubt it. Yeah. Just a, as far as the numbers game go, I don't particularly care what people do, though I was pretty furious at a neighbor who uh, took it upon themselves for like the past month to just smoke weed all the time, literally all day and night, and the smoke was getting into my apartment. They have since stopped doing that, so someone must have said something. Good on them for, for getting that. a job. <laughs> yeah, get a get a job, something. And um, at this point, in 2023, is there like 
a new straight edge movement? No. Is there a militant wing of straight no. edge, like stopping out people's cigarettes outside shows? No. I don't think so. No. The, so like the, the guys in Drop Dead are pushing 60. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, eh, why now? What's the point of this? Who hurt you? Guy who runs Maggot Stomp that wanted to put out this shirt because you think it's funny. I don't know. It's just like uh, out of all the things like that you could put a message out for, like uh, drunk acceptance is a pretty low one on the list, I guess. It's like you like, already uh, one like, of them. I've said this before, but like rock and roll and by extinction metal was created by liquor companies, like as, as a way to move their product. And uh, that's that's what we're still living in the shadow of. One of the greatest exports this country has ever had is getting blackout drunk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, go to go to any college on a Saturday or Sunday whenever there's a football game and you are bound to find people inches away from dying death. of alcohol consumption. <laughs> uh, it's true. So anyway, like that's one thing. I don't really give a shit about the politics of straight edge versus not straight edge. Like uh, I like, uh, you know, intoxicants. Uh, if you don't like intoxicants, that's good. That's a good thing, actually. <laughs> but, you know, I've made my decision, and that's that's kind of how I'm going with it. Do you mind how jerky people I've had to deal with in social situations when they find out I don't drink? And they've been like, oh, I'm going to get you drunk. We're going to drink. Like, I've never had someone go, oh, I'm going to make sure you don't drink. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, like- it's just dumb. Like, I'm not offended by it. It's just something that's dumb that I can ignore. So it's just, I don't understand why this label needs to do it. I don't understand why they're selling it through closed casket activities rather than their own stuff. Yeah, that doesn't make sense either. Like just brass tacks, drugs and alcohol, they're bad for you. Sorry. (laughs) I don't want to like burst anyone's bubble there, but that's how it is. Uh, so, you know, if you want to do it, that's fine. I, I choose to, to do it and, you know, accept the consequences, but don't feel like, ah, this unhealthy choice that I'm making, it's good for everybody. <laughs> that's, that's yeah. called denial. You motherfucker. Do what you want. Just don't hurt anyone. Yeah. That seems to be a pretty good way to do it. And didn't Magasomp say like Pat's Blue Ribbon didn't give them money for this? So this, that's. That's what I care about here. I don't give a shit about the politics of straight edge. I give a shit about you selling your brand's equity for free. Okay, so like the the PBR logo is there, not as a boot, but actually through a collaboration with Paps Blue Ribbon. So somebody uh, replied to their their posts, uh, putting this up for sale uh, with that uh, gift from uh, Wayne's World where uh, Garth is wearing like all Reebok Mm. saying like, it's like people only do things because they get paid and that's really sad. (laughs) To which Maggot Stomp replied, who got paid? And I got to tell you, boy, that is the wrong answer. Because I would assume uh, Paps Blue Ribbon isn't paying Maggot Stomp for this shirt. Uh, it, it seems to me like they did some kind of collaboration where no money exchanged hands. And talking about that uh, novelty record label show that we did a few weeks ago in which Scion AV used to fund everything for bands to how far we fucking come where you're putting a fucking alcohol company's logo on your shirt for fucking free. Can you believe that? Well, I can't believe it because, again, as we mentioned, Maggot Stomp's kind of a stupid label. So I, I fully believe that they go, yes, we can use the Pabst Blue Ribbon logo while leaving piles of money on a table, possibly literally. Like... PBR is going to be fine if they don't sell to, like, the dozens of people that buy from Maggot Stomp or whatever. But, like, this is—you you have nothing in this world except for, like, the—like, your good name. And I know that we're being silly here, like, Maggot Stomp, Toilet of Hell, all of that. But, like, there's no money to be had, so, like, you have to hold on to that shit. Like, your integrity has to mean something here. You give it away to a fucking beer company for free, like— that's sucker shit. Absolute sucker shit. I'm curious if anything was actually signed. Like, it wasn't just a verbal email agreement. Like, if we're going to find out that Maggots I'm signed away something that they shouldn't have at some point. I, I just, I don't understand what draws somebody to say, like, ooh, a brand wants to work for us. Great. Like, <clears throat> 
it's not what uh, can you do for them? It's what they can do for you. <laughs> it's uh, maybe a sign that you made it at some point that, oh, this company wants to work with us on something. We don't care that it doesn't make us money or may hurt brand awareness, whatever you want to call it. And I don't know. We we live in a time where people are psyched to just be associated with fame in any sort of way and attention and this is one way to do it this is a marker of whatever you're doing has been some sort of success and uh whether it's consequences or results and awards and rewards for using it that be damned you can make a silly joke get a little pat on the back and an attaboy from a corporation and sell it to a handful of people and some people are happy with that and i guess that's okay if that's what you want to do and you're probably going to be left with boxes of this stuff moving forward well uh they said that they sold out uh it says here shirts are sold out i'd like to thank all of the haters who reposted it i owe you a de- beer a delicious paps blue ribbon beer they added paps blue ribbon there um Great. So, um, that's cool. There you uh, go. They did it. You, they you, sold 50 t-shirts. You, uh, I, you both called out the haters and further solidified, uh, your endorsement of a multinational brand for free. Cool. Love it. I know that like kids today don't, didn't grow up with the same kind of concepts of selling out that we did <laughs> like when we were young, but we really do need to bring it back. This is pathetic. I'm sure it makes them happy. I'm sure the people who bought the shirt love it. And everyone else beyond that will just kind of shrug and go, oh, yeah. I remember parody shirts in the 90s. I remember a friend of mine had a shirt with the MasterCard logo on it. Mm -hmm. But instead of MasterCard, it said Masturbate. Same thing. Yeah. But the thing is. Except they didn't work with MasterCard to actually make that shirt. Exactly. Exactly. Use, if you're going to use a company's likeness, uh, do it without their permission, like, and do it with the purpose of like making some kind of like snide remark at it. Don't, don't just roll over and show your belly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Have fun with it. At least this is just kind of meh. At least be creative. Put your band's name in instead of Paps Blue Ribbon. Make the logo bloody. Do something fun with it. Sucks. Sucks a lot. Don't care for this. Uh, again, like uh, the endorsement of like boozing or whatever. Don't care. Don't care. It's, it's just giving away your clout for free. You know what? I got to dig out. I haven't seen in a while. I have a t-shirt that is the Snapple logo, mm-hmm. but instead of Snapple, it says straight edge. Dude, I bet you can make a bundle on Depop selling that thing. Uh, yeah. If I still have it somewhere, I got to dig it out. Uh, man, it's like all natural, 100%, no preservatives, all that. Might have to dig that out and go to a maggot stomp show. I'd like to think uh, a straight edge label could have some fun with this by putting out like one of those. Um, you remember like uh, the kill your local drug dealer? Oh, uh, yeah. Sure. It's they used to put up like kill your local uh, Paps Blue Ribbon <laughs> representative, like CEO, et cetera, et cetera. I think we need a good old fashioned label feud, just back and forth, different T-shirts taking shots at each other. I think that'd be a lot of fun. And you know what? It'd be good for uh, getting kids back into the music. That's what it's really about, isn't it? And getting back into the bootleg game. Absolutely. Let's get some fucking boots going. <laughs> by the you way, can't let all the bootlegs be, be sold by uh, shady people on Facebook and Poland or Indonesia. You need to bring it back to America. American-made bootlegs. Oh, man. That, I, I, I saw uh, Scotty from Tank Crimes uh, put up a tweet the other day. It killed me. He says, uh, I deleted some tweets because I just can't do bootleg discourse. I did some boots in my youth, and Infest once told me they were going to lock me in the trunk of a car and light it on fire. (laughs) Not sure my please don't bootleg us DMs have the same effect. (laughs) Um, Said um, somebody replies to him, if you were outside of California, Infest couldn't have hurt you. He replies... They actually said most idiots who boot our shit are at least smart enough to live in Indonesia or Poland. We know you're right up the bay. I was 100% shitting my pants. <laughs> uh, we love it. 
I mean, we've had our own Toad of Hell t-shirts bootleg, so it's going to happen. Uh, yeah, Quote-unquote bootleg. Nobody's ever actually bought one of those pieces of shit. But oh. it is available. Oh, okay. So I stopped talking about this a while ago because it was so fucking hot, I couldn't bear talking about a black t-shirt. Hey, it's almost fall, which means I'm going to print those fucking t-shirts that we did the designs for. That we've been talking about for like three months. It's just, I can't think about a black t-shirt when it's 110 degrees outside, man. I'm sorry. Well, we'll see how this run goes. If it sells well enough, maybe we can do some other colors. Maybe a nice hot pink toilet fell shirt. Ooh, that might be nice. Just some dayglow greens, blues, reds. We'll mix it up. Yeah, uh, we've got some very interesting stickers coming soon as well. Uh, that reminds me, I need to send you the supplier that I found for that. Uh, do you want to tell people what that is? We have made chibi figures of both of us. That what, we're going to turn into stickers. What what is it? What is a chibi? It is like in cute, big eyed anime face is probably the best way to describe it. We've made. Uh, I've worked with an artist. We have three designs for you, three designs for me. We're going to turn them into stickers and sell them probably as a bundle because if we try to sell them separately, all of yours will sell out, and I'll just be stuck <laughs> with all of mine. Uh, so we're gonna get that made hopefully soon and have that available for sale um probably through the patreon at first so they get first dibs so you can sign up patreon.com slash total of hell to get those first and we'll see how these go maybe we'll get some more fun things made up as we go along uh that's gonna be great so look forward to that uh also uh, i just put up a new episode over at the patreon fantasy label ball presents season of piss part two uh, a lot of fun things on that one. We talk about Gaul torturing a guy. Uh, we make fun of Bardo methodology. Uh, talk about Hooded Menace and Ride for Revenge. Uh, all kinds of delightful things over there. So uh, give us some money over at the Patreon. You can listen to that and so many other bonus episodes. Give us money, give us money, give us money. Uh, anything else people need to do? You could like us on Facebook, you can like us on Instagram, you can like us on Blue Sky, you can follow us on Twitter while it still exists, at Joe Thrash and Kill, at 365 Days of Horror. You can email us, toiletofhell at gmail.com, toiletofhellradio at gmail.com. And I think that's it. All right, well, hey, we'll see you next time. Bye. Listening to 66.6 FM, Radio TOVH, The Flush.